0: Amen. So I'm gonna jump into the sermon. The Bible is legit. Part three, man. We are in the middle of a sermon series. Uh, how many of you are enjoying the Bible is legit? Who's been enjoying it? We're in the middle of a sermon series. Uh, sermon series is basically a series of talks, or or if you ever watch Netflix, just like a bunch of episodes of the same season, basically. So for we've been talking. This, today's the third week of the Bible is legit, and we'll be talking about this for, man, probably the next couple of weeks. Um, what this is going to do is it's going to build our vision and our foundation. Anybody believe with a show of hands? Anybody believe that the Bible should be the foundation of their life? Anybody believe that? Amen. So, so here's the thing. Sometimes we look at the Bible and we have questions. Sometimes the world around us, they actually gauge us into thinking that the Bible isn't legit. And the last two weeks, we've been talking about it. And tonight, man, I want to talk a little bit about the end of days. Can I do that for a little bit? The Bible talks a lot about the end of days. In fact, I want to read to you some scripture. But before we read it, um, I, I want to give you some context. All right? So this is the context. So you have Jesus, right? He's in the ending of his career as being Jesus, he's about to go to the cross. He's about to give his life up. So he is, he's been killing it for three years. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus' ministry started when he was 30 and ended when he was 33. So the scripture we're about to read picks up when he's 33. He's on the last leg of his mission here on earth. He's on the last bit of what he's about to do. So what he does is, he talks to his disciples and he talks about him returning. All right. But here's, here's what's crazy about him returning is that Jesus is talking to the disciples about some stuff that's gonna take place that does not even what, what happens is when he talks to them, he gives them signs that, that they don't, they're not even for them. It's kind of crazy. If I were to tell you, hey, I'm gonna be back. At 5 p.m., I, I and I would you would expect that you'll be outside your house at 5 p.m. But but what happens is when Jesus he's giving these signs, it's not for the disciples to take it literally. But but it's it's, it's he's speaking to generations, to generations. So f- for example, we're going to talk about a lot of signs tonight. But what I want you to grasp is that when Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's giving them signs of his returning. But how many guys know that the disciples right now are long gone and Jesus still hasn't come yet? You know that. So Jesus is looking at the disciples saying, Hey, here are the signs before I return. And chronologically speaking, by the sign, by the time that these signs come into play, the disciples are long gone. Listen, Jesus knew that when he was telling them the signs. Jesus knew that they wouldn't really be around. When these signs would come into place, here's the thing. When Jesus speaks about the signs of his returning, he's talking to you and me. Can I get a good amen on a Friday night? Your mouth's still full of pizza. How many guys like pizza? Anybody love pizza? I love pizza. Pizza's for me. We're going to keep giving free food every week, so just keep coming. Bring your hungry friends. Probably home watching Netflix. Text them. You're allowed to text this one time and say you should have been at church. There's free pizza. So Jesus is writing to his disciples, He's talking to his disciples and in the Bible, this is where we pick up. So he's on the last leg of, of his ministry and he's saying, here here's the signs of my coming And I love how the Bible has these signs written in the Bible and, and literally even thousands of years after what was written didn't happen, it's even happening the most recent one in 1940s. we'll get to that later. So that's the context. Jesus in the last leg of his ministry, he's looking at his disciples, he's talking with his disciples, and they're saying, hey, you know, we want to know some signs before you come back, and this is where you pick it up. It says in Matthew, verse 1 and 3, chapter 24, Jesus then left the temple as he walked away, his disciples, they pointed out how very impressive the temple architecture was, and Jesus said, You're not impressed by all the sheer size, are you? The truth of the matter is is that there's not a stone in that building that is not going to end up in a pile of rubble. Later, as he was sitting on the Mount Olives, his disciples approached him and they asked him, they said, Tell us, when are these things going to happen? What will be the sign of your coming that the time's up? It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, if I was a follower of Jesus, in those times I'd be as blunt, right? I'd be straight up. Jesus would like give us some signs, bro. Come on, leave us hanging here. It's hard enough to live with you. I mean, it's hard enough to be legit. How many guys know when Jesus was taken to be killed? There was not one disciple to be found. They all ditched them. They just bounced. They, they were where are the disciples at? I don't know. They're hiding somewhere. So if, imagine if it's if it's hard for them to be faithful while Jesus is alive. Jesus told them he's leaving. They know he's leaving. So they're saying, yo, you're about to leave us. Give us some signs of your coming. And here's some of the signs. I'm going to give you some of the signs. What's crazy is, is that all the signs that the Bible has been turning to Jesus, it sounds like regular society today. It's amazing. It sounds like regular, here's here's one of them. Second Peter, it says this, they're going to mock So what's happened to the end of his coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried. And everything is just going on. Just as from the first day of creation, nothing's changed. People are going to be looking at Christians saying, hey, what happened to this whole end of times thing? The truth is, the first sign is that men, they will mock the end of times. You could throw it up. The men, men and women, they will mock the end of times. They're going to laugh at it. Man, I don't know about you, but. Society today, they talk about the end of times like it's a joke. Anybody ever experienced that before? Anybody ever experienced that? How many of you guys have seen the movie uh, The End Is Now? They made a movie out of it. Like people are, are just they're laughing at Christians. And they're laughing at this idea of the end of the world. I mean like I, I was watching TV not so long ago. And I, I jumped in like I, I saw a TV show. And then they have more episodes on YouTube. So I go on YouTube, and I'm watching video after video after video of one of those late night shows. Uh, I think it was uh, the the Colbert dude. Um, so I'm watching his late night show, super hilarious. And and one one of this one of the segments was uh, the the end is here. The end is here. And it was all these jokes and. And what happened was, it, it's kind of what revealed this sermon. It reminded me, I'm like, man, the world is laughing at what's about to happen. But what's so funny is that if you don't have Jesus and what happens, happens, you won't be laughing anymore. It's scary. And, and the world is laughing at it because... Because they, they they this is what, what's gonna happen. People will mock the end of times. People will look at the end of times, look at the book of Revelation, look at the signs that are supposed to be fulfilled, and they will laugh. And you know what? The very act of them mocking the end of times is actually one of the signs that the end is coming. And it's being fulfilled even till today. Here's, a, here's another sign before the end of his coming. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2, verse 2: As the end approaches, what well, people are gonna be. Self-absorbed. Who's the person you look at the most in your day? Yourself. Who's the person that you represent that you talk about that you think about that you go out and pay money for? Yourself. iPhone, iPad, and I sound like that old preacher, but aye aye, this is actually happening. Aye aye. As the end approaches, people are gonna be so into themselves. People are gonna be so self-absorbed. It says people are gonna be money hungry. This sounds like the world today. People are gonna be self-promoting, they're gonna be stuck up, profane, contemptuous of parents, gonna be crude, coarse, doggy dog, unbending slanderers. They're gonna be impulsively wild, savage. That's a rap name right now. Cynical, treacherous, ruthless. Bloated windbags. Addicted to lust and allergic to God. This sounds like society right now. And the Bible says, this is the sign of my coming. I'm on the way. If this is happening, I'm turning the corner. I'm almost here. Man, it sounds like 2017. Here's another one. This one's crazy. Luke, 21:10 verse 10. So the Bible's legit. There's signs written In this book, that have all come to pass. It says in Luke, nation will fight nation and ruler will fight ruler over and over. Huge earthquakes will occur in various places and there will be famine. Did you know that there are over 12,000 to 4,000 earthquakes a year? The Bible says that there will be earthquakes. When that verse was written, there wasn't that many earthquakes in the world. But listen... You know what's the year with the most earthquakes recorded in history? This year. And every year after that, the number keeps piling of all of the earthquakes in the world. They're just increasing. They're counting down for something to happen. Here's what I believe. I believe the world is aching and creaking under the weight of sin. The earth shakes and trembles. Here's, a, here's another sign. All these signs they sound like right now. It wasn't long ago, one of the biggest earthquakes recorded in history hit Haiti. I mean, it's wild. These signs are coming to pass. It says in Luke, here's another one. Oh my goodness. The same here, when you see these things happen, you know God's about to come. Here it goes, ready, don't brush this off. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for this one too. But but be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. This is your Bible. Otherwise, the day is going to take you by complete surprise, spring on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone everywhere at once. But, so whatever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch, pray constantly that you will have strength and wits to make it through everything. That's coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. I love it, just Stop, shop- Stop focusing on shopping and drinking and partying. Because if you focus on these things and if you're not sharp, and if you're not focused, and if you're not laser beam vision on Jesus... He will come, the Bible says, like a thief in the night. And few will miss him. That's what the end is. That's what the signs are. Jesus said when these things start to happen, and there's more. Like, there's one we're not talking about tonight. There's one that says you're going to see signs in in the sun, in the stars, and in the moon. The Bible predicts a blood moon. How many of you guys, there was a blood moon not too long ago this year. You guys remember that? Bible says there's going to be signs. We just saw an eclipse from the sun. There will be signs. The world, the sun, the stars, there will be signs. And that's how you know I'm going to be coming. Here's this one right here. If if you're wondering, okay, John, how many signs are there before Jesus comes? Check this out. Listen, every single sign has been fulfilled, except for one. And it's most recent, though. So, so I, I I saw, I I, I was like searching, you know, like, uh, is there anything in the Bible that is mentioned? If you don't hear anything, hear this. I I was searching, and I said, if there's any any sign in the Bible that hasn't been fulfilled, I want to find it so I can preach it. That was my goal this week. If there was a sign that has not yet been fulfilled, I'm going to find it, search it, gather my thoughts, and preach it. That's what I was going to do. But as I was looking, I ended up on Google finding a newsletter that confirmed the last sign. So so the signs, they don't come from the world. They come from the Bible. But in the world is how these signs are fulfilled. Like most of the signs, they, they're on the news. Like it, it, And then it's only those that know the Bible that see the connection. Right? So I want to read to you the last sign before Jesus comes. It says in Isaiah. I'm sorry. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah. There we go. It says in Isaiah verse seventy-nine, chapter sixty-six. This was written around seven hundred and one, and and six hundred and one, 681 B.C. So so that's kind of like the guesstimation of when this sign was recorded. In in, in Isaiah, this is this is kind of like okay, we're not too sure. It, it's around this time that in Isaiah, this verse, this sign. And this verse was written. This is almost 700 years before Jesus was even born. This was the sign of Jesus' return. Your Bible's legit. It says, verse 7, before she went into labor, she had the baby. Before the birth pains hit, she delivered a son. Has anyone ever heard of such a thing? Has anyone ever seen anything like this? Keep it. A country born in a day and a nation born in the flash. Keep, keep, keep it keep. So, so Isaiah giving, is Isaiah's giving a metaphor here. There's a metaphor. You saw a baby, and now you see country. You saw birth pains, and now you see a country being born or a nation being born in a flash. He's making an analogy, Isaiah. He said, listen, one of the signs is that there's going to be kind of like a woman giving birth. It's going to be pains. It's going to be hard. But in an instant, after all this labor, uh, something is going to give birth. And then he says, has anyone seen such a thing? A country being born in a day. Kind of like starting up and being legit. A nation born in a flash. So I begin to search. I said, wait, so the Bible says that there's a nation that was born in the day. There was a country that was born in the day. That's the last sign before Jesus' coming. And then I Googled and I found an article of, of once in history in 1948 did a nation become a nation in the day. And and coincidence, it's, it's the nation of Israel. It says, here's a news article, I, this, I promise. This accurately describes what happened on May 14th, 1948. Your parents weren't even born yet. I mean, probably, probably not. I don't know. I don't know what. We're going to just skip that. 1948, that's like right there. That's like right on the corner. And it says, when the Jews declared independence for Israel as a united and sovereign nation for the first time in 2,900 years. This isn't the Bible. This is Google. The first time a nation was born in a day was in May 14, 1948. In the same day, the United States issued a statement recognizing Israel's sovereignty. And only hours beforehand, a United Nations mandate they expired, ending British control over the land. So apparently, US, they gave a document, and British let go, uh, the document expired, and literally during a 24-hour span of time, foreign control of the land of Israel had formally ceased, and Israel had declared its independence, and its independence was acknowledged by other nations. Modern Israel was literally born in a single day. That's a lot of reading. Here's my point. All of the signs have been fulfilled. There was a there was a that's a crazy prophecy. No one could ever predict that. A nation born in a day. Yes, it was the it was the Jewish people who signed, and all these things fell into place in a 24-hour time span. Israel became its own independent nation in 1948. Why hasn't Jesus come yet? All the signs have been fulfilled then why hasn't Jesus come yet? Ever had that question? Man, there's so much hurt in the world. There's so much pain. I'm going through so much. There's so much temptation. As a Christian, I'm going through so much. Why hasn't Jesus come yet? Here's why. Because there's always one more to find. Uh, How many of y'all like McDonald's? We got to do fries on a Friday. That would be really cool. I don't know about you, when, so, so guys, how many, quick question, trivia, how many signs are left before Jesus comes back? Let's shout it again. How many signs, how many signs, how many signs are left? Zero signs. They've all been fulfilled. Okay, so the question is, if Jesus put all these signs up and the last one was activated in 1948, why hasn't Jesus come yet? Here's why, because there's always one more to find. I love McDonald's. And, and you know what, if, if we go to McDonald's and we buy large fries They put it in that nice brown bag. And you know, I give the death stare to the person who throws away away the bag immediately. Right? We get the bag, they take the fries out, and they crumble it up. I'm like, laser beam focus. Why? Because there's always a little bit more fries left in the bag. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Look what are you doing, bro? There's something like seven fries in there. They be generous sometimes. They be like, we'll put it in the bag. Just throw it in the bag, whoa. Why hasn't Jesus come yet? Because there's still more bags in your school. There's still more fries left in the bag. Jesus hasn't come yet because there are so many people that you haven't reached yet. Why hasn't Jesus, who's Jesus waiting for? He's waiting on you. Who's Jesus He's waiting on the Christians to spread this gospel like a wildfire. To move this message of Jesus across the entire nation, across our schools, across our families. I want, I want the hospitality team to get the cards ready. Can we, can we have one of you guys here with the box on your way out? You know what we did for you? We put together five or six flyers. For next Friday, we put them in a clip. We're going to be giving away food next week, too. Listen, we want to fill this place up with middle schoolers and high schoolers. Because there's so more people that need to, that need the message of Jesus. And they need to get saved. And they need to get here and have an encounter. Listen, stop being greedy. What was happening on Friday, spread it with your friends. Because the only thing Jesus is waiting on is me. And the only thing he's waiting on is you. He even says something. So Matthew 24 That's when all this is happening that Jesus is giving signs. In Matthew 28, here's what it says. It says Jesus, he he undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. This is what he said. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near. In this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. Then he says, I'll be with you as you do this, day after day, right up to the end of age. You know what I find interesting? Is that Jesus, he tells you what he's doing before he comes. And then what he does is he tells you what you got to do. How you doing, Andrew? You look good. You guys are awesome. Jesus, he says, he says, here's the signs for my coming. And then he says, here's what you have to do. I love Jesus because he's not just giving me, you know, just signs. He says, okay, listen, while these signs are being fulfilled, and when they do get fulfilled, you're not going to wait at home and look in the clouds and wait for me to just come down. You got to do some things. One of my favorite songs. Worship team, come up. One of my favorite songs. You know my favorite song? My favorite lyric. You You know how it goes? It says, while I'm waiting... I'm not waiting. I know heaven lives in me. I didn't get that until I understood this message. While I'm waiting on God to come back, I'm not waiting because heaven is in me. You know what type of church we're not? We're not the type of church that gathers here on Fridays and Sundays and we try to be in churches long enough to get caught up in the rapture. It's not the type of church we are. You're going to get an hour and 15 minutes and you got to go home and be a Christian. We're not the type of church that is stagnant. We're not the type of church that says, all I got is Jesus. I got saved. That's all I need. I'm going to go home and sleep. I got Jesus already. I'm good. I got saved in 1915. (laughs) I got saved in 2011. I got saved in 2016. I'm good. I come on Fridays. They feed me. I'm, I'm a citizen. Anybody a citizen of heaven? Anybody a citizen of heaven? Listen, when you have the heart of God, while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. Come on, every eye up here. I want to see every eye on me right now. Here, here's the true heart of God. Ready, ready? While I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. There's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. There's somebody around me that God wants me to speak to. And listen, I'm talking to the people who want to take Jesus seriously. If you don't want to take Jesus seriously, don't even look at me. If, you, if you're fine being where you're at, if you're complacent with your salvation, it's all right. But those that want to see God actually do something in their lives. Some of y'all don't know what you're going to do in college. You don't know. Listen, your purpose is your mission field, and your mission field is the people God placed right around you. So, so, so God says, here's the signs where I'm coming. And then he says, hey, go into all the world and, and tell people about this, service. This message, but I say this sermon. Go ahead and do that too. Tell the world about this message. When you have the heart of God, you have a heart for people. When you have a heart of God, you have the heart for people. You have the mindset that says, not waiting to bring people to heaven heaven is in me wherever I go I bring the altar call with me wherever I go I bring the worship team with me wherever I go I bring the lights with me I bring a Friday with me I am a walking Friday yeah I want you to come but we can pray for you right here for healing Yes, I want you to come on a Friday, but it's, I believe God can meet you right here in this hallway, and He can do whatever you need Him to do, and He can be whatever you need Him to be. Look at your classroom, and man, I, I know God wants you to be a good student. God wants you to be a successful student this semester. God wants you to be a, a thriving student, but He also wants you to speak about Him just a little bit. And listen, It's not going to be an opportunity for you to stand up in the middle of your classroom, rip your shirt off and say, hey, look at me, look at Jesus. No, no, no. God's going to give you a divine appointment and divine opportunity. I I promise that right now. Some of you guys... People are gonna start talking going to you, they're gonna start opening up and say, hey, I'm just going through this, my, my mom's going to do this, my family's gonna do this, and in that very moment you're gonna remember my voice, and you're gonna say, wow, 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 I'm supposed to talk to you about Jesus right now. Some of you guys are gonna be in the middle of gym class. You're gonna be in the middle of gym class, and people will talk about how their back hurts, about how their knee hurts, how they got some pain. Eternally, And right there, you're going to remember my voice. And you're going to lay a hand on their body and say, listen, i got crazy faith. I believe you can get healed right here, right now, in the middle of this class. Some of you guys are going to be on the bus to school. You're going to be wiping coal out of your eye. And you're going to see somebody crying because of what their mom said to them on the way in the bus. And when that scenario happens, you're going to get up. You're going to walk to that girl. You're going to lay hands on her. Because listen, heaven lives in waiting because heaven lives in me stand up on your feet tonight come on stand up on your feet tonight I know we're not looking forward to Monday but look forward to Monday because God is going to put you around thousands of people around thousands of students and man if you only get one if you only get one come on if you only speak to one come on if you only reach one difference in your school doesn't mean you need to be super spiritual. It means you need to be super available. Making a difference in your classroom doesn't mean you need to be walking around with the Bible speaking in tongues. It just means you need to care for somebody. That's all it means. And I'm not yelling at you. I'm excited because I see the potential in each and every one of you. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Come on, let's pray for our brothers and sisters. Grab that hand. Grab that hand. Grab that hand. Salvation is awesome, but salvation doesn't stop with me. God's speaking to you. That's awesome. But God doesn't want to just speak to you, He wants to speak through you. All over this place. We're about to close out. Come on, every head bow. Every eye closed. While I'm waiting, I'm not waiting. Because heaven lives in me. Heaven's inside of me. tell you about the Jesus that can meet you on a Friday night, but if anyway you don't get here, if there's any opportunity that I can't get you and bring you here, I want to let you know that he's inside of me too, and he can speak to you right now, this very moment. If you are not confident in the God inside of you, you have something in the way for God to completely take over. If you are not confident about this God that is inside of you, that he's breathing, there is something in the way. Something in the way. And right now, what I want to do, every head bow, every close, I want to pray for everyone that feels like they know God is inside of them, but they just need a little bit of a push. They, They know God's there, but they need him to step up more. And the truth is that there's something in the way. We're going to pray right now that everything is removed. God is not looking for super talented people. God is not looking for super spiritual people. God is looking for available people. Yeah. Right now, every head by, every eye closed. Come on, begin to pray. I'm going to pray over you. and We're going to get out of here. Come on, God, right now, I pray for every single middle schooler and high school in the room. Lord, we are not Cool with just being saved God we need to do something we need to go somewhere and we need to spread this gospel like never before there's only one reason why you have not come back yet all the signs have been fulfilled your Bible is legit your Bible has literally been awoken In these times, Lord, what you speak in the Bible is literally the condition of 2017. Lord, your Bible is legit. So what does that mean? That means that this gospel is walking with me. That means that this Holy Spirit that is mentioned in the Bible can actually lead me in life, can actually lead me towards people, and can actually lead me to change somebody's life. Lord, while we're waiting for you, we're not waiting for you. Because heaven's already here. Right now, pray for every every middle schooler and high schooler, Lord. remove everything that's in the way. Remove it. Remove it. Remove it. Remove it. Listen, stop. Stop worrying about your friends next to you. Stop worrying about your friends next to you. They don't accept groups when you get to heaven. It's a personal. It's a personal thing. I said this last Sunday. Families don't go into heaven together. You can't get to heaven because of the faith of your mom. God's going to say, I know you, come in. I don't know you, step aside. Lord, right now, I, I just equip, every single middle school has, I equip them, Lord. Equip them with the knowledge and the boldness, and the boldness. Willie, you right back there, Willie? Come on, keep that hand held. Keep throw up the awkwardness point, the awkwardness point? Come on, hold that hand, hold that hand. I want you to look at the screens. Listen, breaking the awkwardness may lead to someone breaking from hell. The biggest thing, I thought about it, I thought back, and I said, you know you know what stopped me the most between speaking to people about church? It was that awkward moment, you know what I mean? Like that awkward moment, like, hey, you know, speak about God, I was like, oh, you one of them, you know? No, 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 it was that awkward moment of like, I'm actually putting my faith into work type of awkwardness, that might have been you now. Man, I have all this passion on Fridays. I have all this love for God on Fridays. And right now, you just thought about talking to somebody, and your heart dropped. He said, oh, I don't know how to do it. Listen to me. When you break the awkwardness, you may be breaking somebody free from hell. You may be breaking somebody free from sin and addiction and loneliness and depression. Man, if my awkwardness is worth somebody going to heaven, I'm going to try to be as awkward as possible. I'm going to see all the awkward moments in my day that God can use to break somebody free forever. Here's the thing about carrying the gospel. You got to take the first step. Just rarely God will put scenarios. Just rarely God will put a situation where somebody comes to you. I declare that right now, listen, middle school, high school, people are going to start opening up to you because they see the good heart in you, because they see the fruits of the Spirit. They're going to start talking to you. They're going to start opening up, hey, this is what I'm going through. And that's going to be your opportunity to tell them about God. But what happens when they don't set the platform? What happens when you need to be the initiator of that conversation? Listen, break through the awkwardness because that may lead to somebody else's breakthrough. Every head, Bobby, I close. Lord, right now, I pray for every middle school, high school. On your way out, we're going to give you a bunch of cards and paper clips. And listen, that's, every head by every eye closed. That wall in the back lobby with all the names, come on, we're crossing out five to six names next week. We're going to cross it out. Well, right now, bless every single middle school, high schooler. Equip us. Lord, I pray for this Labor Day weekend, Lord, that we turn up in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray we eat a lot of food. A lot of food. Keep it safe, Lord. Lord, I hope that we see our schools as a different opportunity to be actually the real bride of Christ that you're coming back for. And just like those fries that are left in the bag, Lord God, there's some people you still want me to reach. There's some, some people you still want me to reach out to. Come on, everybody says. Come on, everybody says. Give somebody a hug.